You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Well, good morning, West Side Church. Uh, my name is Justin Shump. I help serve in the campus ministry here in the West Side, and it really is my honor to be speaking to you today. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I hope you and all your families are staying safe and staying inside. Um, I got an exciting lesson for you. I'm going to be sharing a story uh, from the Old Testament, and it kind of relates to what our world has been going through, what we've been going through with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so we'll kind of hop right into it. Uh, we're going to be reading out of 2 Kings chapter 6, and this is going to be in verse 24. So I'll give you guys a second to turn there. Uh, and the title for my lesson today is Out of Darkness, Out of the Darkness. Uh, you know, it's been a crazy time uh, just being a campus minister Everything's been online, which is different than what I'm used to, uh, but the campus ministry at UCLA and SMC uh, is doing amazing. Uh, we have people who are studying the Bible. Uh, we have uh, just relationships and friendships that have been growing. We've been doing online Bible discussions, and we've definitely seen God moving through this time. Uh, it's been great also having a partnership up at Pepperdine. Uh, Kenny's been doing amazing things up there. Uh, the Pepperdine students just got out of school about two weeks ago, and the UCLA and SMC students have about three weeks left. So be praying for the campus students. This is a very different time, uh, but they're faithful and they really feel your love. So we'll go ahead and, and jump into the scriptures. Uh, this is 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24. Uh, we're going to be reading a lot, as usually uh, I like to do. I like to read a lot of scripture when I preach. And so if you have a Bible with you, I'll have it on the screen, but it'll, it'll be a lot easier if you have uh, the Bible there with you. All right, so we'll start Second uh, Kings chapter 6, verse 24. It says, Sometime later... Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of seed pods for five shekels. As the king of Israel was passing by on a wall, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord the king. The king replied, If the Lord does not help you, where can I get help from you? From the threshing floor? From the wine press? Then he asked her, What is the matter? She answered, This woman said to me, Give up your son so we may eat him today. And tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. As she went along, as he went along the wall, the people looked and they saw that under his robes he had sackcloth on his body. He said, "May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today." Now Elisha, sorry, let me get the next slide for you. Now Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a message ahead, but before he arrived, Elisha said to the elders, Don't you see how this murderer is sending someone to cut off my head? Look, when the, murderer, uh, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold it shut against him. Is not the sound of his master's footsteps behind him? While he was still talking to them, the messenger came down to him. Then the king said, 
This disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? You know, this is one of the most intense stories, in my opinion, in the entire Bible. I don't have time to kind of get into where Israel was at. Israel had gotten divided into two kingdoms, and this was the kingdom of Samaria. And this army had laid siege to God's people. And you know, in a siege, what they do is an army completely surrounds the city and cuts off all resources from coming in. This city was in lockdown. They couldn't lead, leave. They had no access to resources. You'll see in this picture here, this is the army that is surrounding Samaria on the hill. It is a giant army. There's nothing the Samaritans could do. You know, it says that the inflation was so bad, the resources were so lost, that a donkey's head was selling for 80 shekels. That's about $500 if you were to look at American dollars. And a cab of seed pods was selling for five shekels. Well, what exactly is a cab of seed pods? If you look down at the bottom of your Bible, it's dove's dung. This is bird feces is selling for $30. You know, this is intense. The lockdown was unbearable. And then we read about the story of these two women. That they were pushed so far to the edge that they decide to eat their own child. They have to resort to cannibalism. And when the king hears this, he's, he's so distressed, he can't even handle what he's hearing. You know, there was no hope in the city. They had lost their sense of humanity. You know, we get a very real and vivid picture of what darkness really looks like. And our world right now is descending deeper and deeper into darkness. You know, we've all been kind of educated on, on what's going on in the world with the coronavirus. We've heard the numbers that nearly 90,000 people have died so far in America. You know, L.A. County has announced that they're extending their stay-at-home order until July. Schools are closed. The, the CSU, the Cal States, which is the largest college school system in America, has officially announced that they are having all fall of 2020 classes be online. You know, there's been a significant increase in domestic abuse during this time. Increases like they've never seen before. Our country has seen the deaths. We've felt the economic blow. We have all seen the darkness. And the scariest part is that, according to experts, this is just the beginning. You know, just this morning, a top U.S. vaccine official, he testified before Congress, and he warned that we are going to experience, quote, the darkest winter in modern history. You know, there's been 36 million unemployment claims in eight weeks. And that's just America. You know, the worldwide suffering from this virus, it's inconceivable. Over 1.6 billion people who rely on daily wages have lost their jobs because of lockdowns. 
130 million people are currently at risk of starvation. The UN came out with a number this week. They say that 1.2 million children under the age of five might die over the next six months because so many health resources are being diverted to other places. Now that's 6,000 kids a day over a span of six months. You know, we see now more than ever there is a need for hope. There's a need for hope in Samaria in this story, and there is a need for hope now in America. There's a need now more than ever for people to step up and make a difference. You know, we actually have the amazing treat right now of hearing from someone who is making a difference. And that is my beautiful and phenomenal and amazing fiance, Emma Walker. She's been working as a nurse directly with COVID patients on the front lines. And I'm so proud of her. Uh, she is so strong. Uh, she has seen some crazy stuff over the last month. Uh, she just moved up here from San Diego. And her, in her first month of being here, she transitioned. She's moved four different times. And she's just been an absolute rock star. And she's literally saving lives every single day working in the hospital. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you Emma Walker. Good morning, church. Like Justin said, my name is Emma Walker, and I'm going to share a little bit about my life right now. So I'm working as a registered nurse here in L.A., and personally, I've seen a lot of darkness in L.A. right now. So I graduated in in December, and I always knew that my first nursing job would be stressful and would have a lot of just new grad jitters. But I had no idea that it would have this kind of fear that I've experienced as a new grad now. So I've seen firsthand the darkness that's in our hospitals right now. I've seen patients on ventilators. I've watched my patients struggling to breathe and the pain that they're in. I've seen the chest x-rays of my patients. And I've never seen anything like them of the severe cases Nurses in my hospital have gotten sick. One of them has already passed away. In one night shift that I worked, or in one shift that I worked, I heard about six code blues. And for those of you who don't know, that's when either they stop breathing or their heart stops. And normally I'd hear none, maybe one. I've seen the frustration on my patients' faces as they're so lonely in their rooms. And the only conversations that they have is with me when I come inside. And I've had too many phone calls with family members crying as they're so worried about their loved ones. And they want to come and visit, and I've had to explain to them that they cannot come and visit and see their mother or their father or their brother or their sister. Some of the family members can at least talk to their loved ones, but some are too sick. And so the only connection that they have to them is through me. Um, which that responsibility has taken a toll on my own emotional capacity. And, you know, on a more personal note, I've been forced to work through the challenging time of planning a wedding during this pandemic. Um, You know, a seemingly joyful and dreamt about day 
kind of twisted because of this situation that the world is in right now. Having our venue cancel 25 days out, having to shorten our guest list, go to a new city, and completely change our plans has really rocked my world and challenged my faith. Yet through all of this, I have a lot of hope. So I'm certain that God is sovereign and that God is good. For example, like last week, I saw a COVID patient that, patient that I had worked with for weeks go home with her family. And that gave me a lot of hope. And even though we're not on the other side of our wedding, I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I have a lot of hope because I know that God is sovereign and good, that I can trust in that. So even though all of this is going on, I have a lot of hope in God in this time. Thank you. Wasn't that a treat? Emma, thank you so much for sharing your heart. It has definitely been a roller coaster, but we are so grateful for all the prayers, all the support over the past few months that you guys have poured out for us. You know, Emma has seen the darkness in this country. There is deep darkness descending over our world right now. And we have not reached the peak yet. And that's why I think this story in the Bible is so important for us. Because in Samaria at this time, they had reached the peak. They had reached utter darkness. I mean, they're eating animal feces. They're resorting to cannibalism. There is no hope. And they're mocking God. But then we get to chapter 7 of 2 Kings. And we see a small ounce of hope from Elisha. This is 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. Elisha replied, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a seah of the finest flour will sell for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, Look, even if the Lord should open up the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elisha, but you will not eat any of it. Now remember, a donkey's head was selling for $500, and a pile of dove's dong was selling for 30 And Elisha steps on the scene and says that God has a message. And that message is that in less than a day, 12 pounds of the finest flour will sell for around $6. And 24 pounds of barley will sell for $6. The worst economic crisis of all time is going to be solved overnight according to God. You know, if you were to hear this from Elisha, you have to ask yourself, would you believe him? Would you believe that this could actually happen? You know, if I said that by tomorrow morning, COVID-19 will not be here anymore, would you trust me? If I told you that that the unemployment rate in America is going to be 20% when you go to bed, but when you wake up in the morning, it's going to be 4%, would you believe that? I don't think I could convince one person to believe that. 
And rightly so. You would be out of your mind to think that that could happen. It's statistically impossible. I think it was the same scenario in Samaria. I don't think one person believed Elisha. I don't think one person trusted God. And when we look at all the problems in the world right now, it's easy to view them the same way this officer viewed them. To feel like, man, there, there's no way out of this. There's no solution in sight. And I think a lot of people, we, we reach this point where we believe that even if the floodgates of heaven were to open them up, even if God himself were to come down, it would just be too big a mess. You know, I think that this is how a large majority of the world is feeling right now. I think this is probably how the 36 million people in America who have filed for unemployment are feeling right now. So is this just it? Is this just this sad story in the Bible to show uh, absolute darkness? Or is God really going to work a miracle? And if so, how in the world is that going to happen? Let's keep reading. 2 Kings 7, verse 3. It says, Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. And they said to each other, Why stay here until we die? If we say, We'll go into the city, the famine is there, and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we will live. If they kill us, then we will die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord has caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents, and ate and drank. Then they took the silver, the gold, and clothes, and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. There's these lepers, and who are lepers? Lepers are people with these terrible skin diseases. And they realized, listen, we're going to die in this city, so we might as well just go surrender. And if they kill us, then we're going to die anyway. But if they don't, then we'll survive. So they leave Samaria, and they come out to the tents of the Arameans, and they see that they're all gone. All of their riches, all of their supplies, all of their food has been abandoned. Because God sent this great wind, and it sounded like chariots, and it scared the Aramean army. And they ran off as fast as they could. Let's keep reading. Verse 9. Then they said to each other, What we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. So they went and called out to the city gatekeepers and told them, We went into the Aramean camp, and no one was there, not a sound of anyone, only tethered horses and donkeys, and the tents left just as they were. 
The gatekeepers shouted the news and it was reported within the palace. The king got up in the night and said to his officers, I tell you that the Arameans have done to us. They know we are starving, so they left the camp to hide in the countryside, thinking they will surely come out and then we will take them alive and get into the city. One of his officers answered, Have some men take five of the horses that are left in the city. Their plight will be like that of the Israelites left here. Yes, they will only be like all these Israelites who are doomed, so let us send them to find out what has happened. So they selected two chariots with the horses, and the king sent them after the Aramean army. He commanded the drivers, go and find out what has happened. They followed them as far as the Jordan, and they found the whole road strewn with the clothing and equipment of the Arameans that they had thrown away in their headlong flight. So the messengers returned and reported to the king. Then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. So a seah of the finest flour sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley sold for a shekel, just as the Lord had said. You know, God did something unbelievable. He causes the entire Aramean army to flee. And these four lepers, they, they, they walk out and they see the riches and they hide them. And they think, we've got to save this for ourselves. But then they say to themselves, no, what we're doing is wrong. We need to go back into the city and let the people know that the Arameans are gone. You know, we are like the lepers in this story. I've heard it over and over again since this whole pandemic has started that as a local congregation, we're actually doing pretty good. There's definitely been some hard times, but we've all had enough food. We've all had a community. We've all had strong emotional support. And the reason for this is because we take care of one another. As a church, we're called to love. We're called to carry each other's burdens, to take care of one another. You know, the benevolent arm of our church, Hope Worldwide, had a a fundraiser concert last week, and they raised over $100,000 in like 10 hours. You know, we have our special missions contribution coming up in a few weeks. And that is our time to give to churches around the world that are struggling. Because we can literally make a difference in people's lives. And we're just like the lepers. And the reason why is because we have Jesus. We have all kind of stumbled on these riches. You know, even as our society deteriorates, we are not consumed with darkness. We have all found the glorious riches outside of the city. You know, when we gave our life to Christ, we were rescued from eternal darkness. You know, it says that after the the lepers had, had enjoyed the food and drink, they first went and they hid it. And for many of us, we have been hiding our riches. For many of us, we have been hiding our faith instead of sharing it. It's a temptation to kind of sit back and and enjoy the Christian life as we get all of our needs met. Especially in a time when the world is descending deeper into darkness. But as American Christians, our worst day is really not that bad. 
And so we're faced with the same burning question that was on the mind of these lepers. Do we just sit around and enjoy the riches by ourselves, Or will we go back into the city and tell others about what we have found? You know, to the lepers, saving people, helping people, it wasn't something that would boost their ego. It wasn't something that would increase their status. It was just an obligation. And the same is true for us. Maybe you feel unequipped to help people. Maybe you feel like you are too weak spiritually to be a light in this dark world. Well, let me encourage you with this. Four lepers saved an entire city. And lepers are probably the worst possible choice to carry out a rescue mission. Why? You see, these skin diseases were so bad that your body parts could fall off at any moment. You could be walking and your nose falls off, your fingers fall off, your ears fall off. These are not the people you would expect to send to save an entire city under siege. You know, we are just like these lepers. We are not the most talented people in the world. We are not the most rich people in the world. We don't have a a ginormous sphere of influence. But what we do have is an obligation to be a light in a dark world. And as I end off, I'd like to share with you just my one point I hope you take home. And that's a light in the darkness. You know, this story in the Bible, it's an intense story. It's a crazy one. It starts out and you see the city of Samaria in absolute darkness, absolute lockdown, something we can relate to in the world right now. And we see people mock God. We see them doubt that God will actually pull them out of it. But God does something miraculous. God does something unexpected. You know, like the lepers, we have all made it out of spiritual darkness. And we have found spiritual riches. Not food. Not gold. It's Jesus that we found. It's his church. And once you've found real spiritual riches, nothing else in the world really matters. Go ahead, take our money. Take our job. Take even our lives. As a Christian, those things don't matter. As a Christian, those are not our riches. Now, we learn two very important lessons from this story. The first is that when all hope is lost, God works in amazing and unexpected ways. No one could have guessed what God was going to do. I don't know how we're going to come out of this pandemic. I don't know how we're going to get the church meetings back to normal. I don't know when schools will resume. I don't know any of that. But I do know that God is in control and he will do something amazing and he will do something unexpected. And second, we are all like the lepers. We have made it out of the darkness. So now we have an obligation to be a light to the rest of the world. We have an obligation to be a bright light in the darkness. If God can use four lepers to save an entire city, imagine what he can do with us.
I love you guys. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net. 